Drop the subject. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, it's the all-new Channel Q. Uh, drop the subject, huh? It's got a nice ring to it. That's why we're sticking with it. And uh, lawyers have not told us to change it yet, so we continue with drop the subject. Ali right there, Kevin right here. I am an ally. That is an Ali, and we uh, sit around talk about some things going on in our lives. Why did we go with that name? Uh, that would have made that would have been a much better. I guess name. it would have been confusing. That would have been a better name. Uh, once again, a lot of great suggestions have come in after the fact, but now we are locked in. We're not changing the social media handles again. Okay, it's uh, <laughs> drop the subject. Or, I think uh, there's a limit. Twitter would be like stop. DTS show. If you would like to follow us, give us a like, etc. You can also check out the podcast if you miss some of the things we say, or maybe you want to uh, convince a friend. Say, hey, these guys are uh, decent, and uh, you don't believe me? Well, here, here's a podcast. You can listen to them, and then you can come back and find. Find us each and every day right here on the uh, Channel Q. Uh, Allie, let me ask you before we get into what we have planned for people today, and I think it's going to be a good show. I always say that, I, you know, me, I'm Mr. Optimistic, so. Yes, you are. Yeah, you're always a glass. It's just a glass. It's a, it's a broken glass and shards kind of guy. <laughs> it's a plastic glass, actually. No, in this particular case, I'm pretty optimistic about what we have planned for you today. Uh, let me ask you, though, when you meet someone for the first time, Ugh. Okay. Do you greet a man different than you greet a woman? And and also, second part to the question before you answer the question, do you, if someone does not know you're a, a gay, does not know you're a lesbian, do, do you I treat them deals? differently oh. than if you know you're meeting like another lesbian? And I say that as far as kisses, hugs, handshakes. I'll tell you why in a second. I am not a fan of, of uh, physical touch. I, I'm not really somebody who grew up with a lot of hugs or cuddles or kisses or anything like that. So I don't feel super comfortable hugging people that I've never met before. So I'm usually a hi, nice to meet you handshake with definitely with men. With women, it's actually less than that. It's I feel a little strange shaking, like doing a business handshake with a with another woman, especially if I'm meeting through mutual friends. So I usually just do a hi, acknowledge, head nod, or it's really nice to meet you, and then I move on. I thought you were lesbian. You... lesbian's fist bump. No? Is that wrong? Well, minus the bump. Oh, okay. <laughs> or, or minus the fist. Right? Just... Either way. But with, with another... I, don't, I mean, I don't really know a lot of lesbians, to be honest. Here's so why kinda... I asked the question. My wife claimed to me over the weekend that I... She notices when I meet, in her opinion, a woman who is attractive, or that she thinks I would find attractive... I offer, I, I go for a hug and a kiss on the cheek. Whereas, if I'm meeting someone that uh. she thinks I wouldn't find attractive, or another man, she said, but I also told her it'd be strange if I hugged every man I met and gave him a kiss on the cheek. I, don't I think, think that would be amazing. I, I think you, to prove her wrong, you should just start well, doing that. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start just tongue kissing strangers now. <laughs> no matter, just because. So she she thinks she said to me. When you meet people, and she said, sometimes you meet four people in a row, and I, she thinks I'm sizing them up based on attractiveness, and if I'm into them, I'll give them a hug and a kiss. If I'm not into them, I'll give them a handshake. Or She said, sometimes I'll just wave to people. Like, I'll just do a really close wave. <laughs> if there's someone real fugly. And I, yeah. Hey. Hi. I'm just going to take a step back. So, oh, I'm sick. Then you get, I can tell when you don't want to talk to, when you don't want to like hug or somebody or shake their hand you go with the oh i didn't haven't washed my hands yet because i just ate something or i'm sick or whatever well, you give some kind of an excuse as well, to why you can't be near them but that's also true sometimes like i, I, I well, because you have kids you have the kid excuse now 
I, I have, have the, kids, yeah. so I'm always sticky and right. dirty and gross. Right. I'm, I'm sticky and gross, so I'm just going to wave from a distance. But I was wondering if, like, but you... But with you, supermodel, I'm suddenly well again. I don't get to meet a lot of supermodels, but I would imagine that I would be uh, fine to a hug and uh, kiss on the cheek. My, my question is, like, does your wife ever give you a hard time but if or if you're saying hi to another lesbian because my wife is basically saying that she thinks I'm putting a there's something sexual about me greeting somebody if I'm into them and I explained to her that if it is happening it is happening at a very subconscious level I do not I am not in my mind, at least, and I'm, I'm being honest with you. You know, no, it's your, of, no, it's your subconsciousness saying I want to be close to this person because they're attractive. Right? Well, I mean, that's. I mean, it's not. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't know if it is my. If it's subconscious, I don't know if I'm doing it or not. She's the one who acknowledged it and then called me out on it and said, every time you met someone that. And keep in mind, it's not someone that I said was attractive. It's someone that she thinks I find attractive. So clearly, it's someone that she finds attractive. So then, why isn't she kissing him? But I. So I said that to her as well. I said, you know what? Every time you meet a guy, you. You give them a uh, a kiss or, or a hug or whatever. Well, you guys they, are kissing everybody. Why are you kissing people so much? Well, she claims that they are the ones that are instigating it. And then she started asking me if guys, straight guys, sit around and have a discussion where we're like, yeah, we can't wait to meet people so we can, and I said <laughs> so to can her, kiss their cheeks. said the amount of joy or sexual pleasure brings me to hug someone or kiss their cheek. I mean, maybe in seventh grade I could have gotten off on that. No, you have to be like really, really lonely in yeah. life to have yeah. that much satisfaction off of just hugging somebody. And I know that there's a, a rule. I think the rule is you have to hug someone. I think it's for six full seconds if you want to have any sort of oxytocin release. Like if you actually... <laughs> that is so long. I, well, right, which would be an incredibly long hug. That would... So if, if I met a guy for the first time and he hugged me for six seconds, I would meet to the crap out of that guy. Well, unless he said, hold on, I'm waiting for the oxytocin to release. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would be... But if, if you met a lesbian... By uh, oxytocin, you, do you mean... Yeah. If you I, met a woman and she said, hey, uh, oh, it's so nice to meet you. And then the hug kind of happened, but instead of it loosening like a and you go your separate ways, she kind of held you tighter and said, "Okay, it's got to be six seconds or else we don't feel, we don't get the benefit of this hug because the benefit really is that you're supposed to oxytocin is the bonding agent, right? It helps you bond and 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 when you and you have that." The problem with society now is that so many of us are so like locked into our phones and these fake, you know, Instagram relationships. I hug my phone every time right, I see it. Right, but you know, even that, it's like thumb, 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 second, second, second. We're not actually releasing any human to human contact bonding, which apparently is a very important thing. Helps remember, helps us keep keep yeah. keeps us grounded. Reminds us that you know we're part of like this this human race together. Right. right? So we should be doing like tummy time with each other. Well, I don't know if tummy time is the right word. <laughs> tummy sticks, I believe, is the right word. No, I think we're supposed well, to be hugging more, but... Yeah, but it depends on the situation. There are some times when people are super thrown off by a hug. Like, if I meet somebody at a grocery store, or if I meet somebody at work, I'm not going to hug them. That seems a little... Especially when you're at a workplace or a place where you could get in trouble for a hug lingering. Whereas, I've met a lot of new people at this little goddess moon circle thing. We hug 
all the time and for very long amounts of time because it's this whole welcoming safe sp- space environment where everyone's nurturing each other Ugh. so when you when you say hello and goodbye it's l- long long hugs well, but the- even then the lady who runs the thing I had a hug with her that was probably four seconds and I thought it was extremely long yeah, I can't seconds, imagine six four, seconds four, four seconds doesn't seem like that long of a time you say four seconds but four like if you go to a restaurant they're like sorry we're not gonna have a table for four seconds you're like great it's fantastic <laughs> But How long hu- is the wait? Four a hug, seconds. A hug that goes on. You know, a hug is usually about a second, I would say. To try to get in the full six seconds is ridiculous. And the and I guess the question I would have on top of everything else, so I, I, you, the answer is no, you don't really like to hug anyone. doesn't matter, gay, straight, male, female. You're not into I'm the I'm just hugging. not a hugging person, but if I'm really, really good friends with them, like I hug you, but we hug for maybe 0.5 seconds at most. Right. And it's really less of a hug. And you've never kissed me on the cheek. Oh, God, no. No. Oh, God. And I, I thank you for that. I, I've tried to before, but your giant forehead gets in the way. So I just always kiss you on the giant forehead. Well, and I will say at the uh, to close, I think that when I meet a lesbian, I, there's not a lot of physical contact, but there is extended eye contact. Oh, that's so interesting. So there's an extended like, "Oh, you're gay. I'm gay. Hi friend." Well, that's why they call extended eye contact a gaze. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so clever. You are. I don't get nearly enough credit for being so clever. <laughs> the case. Let me ask you this in closing to the entire discussion. This is, of course, Drop the Subject on the all-new Channel Q. That's Allie. I'm Kevin talking about hugging. Do you think that a hug is warranted if you run into someone that you have not seen in a long time? It would be strange if you saw someone six times a day, right, in the office or, or wherever, and every time you saw them, you gave them a hug. That would be weird. But if you ran into someone you haven't seen since college, or you run into someone you haven't seen since middle school... Even if it's someone you haven't kept up with in a while, it seems like the distance or the length of time before you've seen them last is what would warrant the reaction. Oh, totally. Even to the point where if I don't remember the person, even if I don't even remember the person's name or how I know them, I would still hug them first. Because I haven't seen that. Like, I see this familiar face. I know I know this person from somewhere. Couldn't tell you their name or how I know them. But it's, oh, my God, it's been so long. Then you hug. So... To close the story that happened over the weekend, you know, my wife was accusing me of, of hugging only attractive people and, and, you know, fist bumping the ones that I was not into. And I explained to her that I, I when people come <laughs> up, the, 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 ener- the energy, I, I, I'm trying to pick up on the energy they're giving. And if it appears that they're going in for a hug, I don't want to just, you know, throw out a fist or a handshake. And, and then I was explaining to her that also... These are people I hadn't seen in a while or people I'd never met or whatever, so I felt like hugging was the appropriate thing to do. See, I would feel weird about hugging somebody I just met, but maybe I'm just crazy. I think there's a lot of people that do hug when they first meet. Well, I think a lot of times they'll do like the, um, first of all, handshakes are weird in general. There's never a time- Yeah, but fist bumps are weirder, I think. Fist bumps are weird, but I think people that are OCD or germaphobes kind of appreciate it. Like, yeah. They're like, I know this is kind of weird, but I appreciate this regardless. And if, and if, if you meet someone and they've got a drink in one hand, they're holding a purse in their other hand, which is uh, you know a lot of women... Uh, they, they, there's not a, like a free hand. You knock for them a, out of their hands and hug them. There's not a, right. So I just rock, steal the purse and run. That's what I do. <laughs> but then the, the next day after I explained that to her, Someone came up to us at a farmer's market just to prove that I still live the LGBTQ lifestyle, even though I'm a straight man. And it was someone that I had not seen in over 10 years. And it was a woman. She goes, Kevin, is that you? Which booth was she working at? Well, she was working the hummus booth, which doesn't narrow it down at all. They're all hummus booths. <laughs> no matter what they're selling, there's always hummus. Are you trying to make a hummus? Give me a hug. And um, she got really excited, and she had 
looked a lot different than I had remembered. I didn't recognize her. She in a good way or bad? No, way? in a very bad way. Oh. And my wife pointed out that I I just uh, gave her a thumbs up. You should give her a thumbs up. <laughs> you gave her a thumbs but up. But I had. But I explained. Good I had, job on the uh, weight gain. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> thumbs up, wait up, thumbs up, wait up. <laughs> no, my hands were, I was holding a bunch of bags of whatever nonsense she had bought at the stupid market, and I told her I was not in a good position for hugging. So now <laughs> she still thinks that I'm some sort of a weird, uh, 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 creep is not the right word. Well, maybe it is the right word. Yeah, I well, I don't know. Anyway, no, but anyway, there has sto- to be a final test. Then. Long story short, I bought way too much hummus. So if you need any, I've got. <laughs> we'll be right back. It's the all new channel. It all goes two. bad tomorrow. Uh, this is a show called Drop the Subject. This subject officially dropped. We'll be back with more after this on the all new channel Q. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. This is Drop the Subject. Hell yeah. On the uh, all new channel Q. That is Ali. My name is Kevin and you are you. Thanks for hanging out with us. You can join us lots of ways. There's a phone, a working phone here. I believe we paid our phone bill this month. We've got unlimited roaming. 833-77-CALL-Q. You can get in touch with us. Of course, a lot of people discovering this station and perhaps this show for the very first time. So once again, send all of your complaint letters or compliments uh, with the subject line, Drop the Subject. That is the name of the show. That is Ali. My name is Kevin. And and uh, I wanted to ask you if if you could go back to any five year period of your life, what do you believe is the is the best? And not just you. I mean, of course, you'll have specific reasons why you're going to say I'm going from twenty to twenty five or fifteen to uh, twenty. I noticed this as the uh, as the token hetero affirmative action straight higher at the station. I now have a couple of uh, kids growing up, and I know that everyone can have children. I made them with my wife the old fashioned way. Um, the cheap way, the cheap, the cheapest way possible. And by the way, it was not that cheap. Regardless, still, yeah, that's still, true. Still getting bills, but um, I noticed that uh, you know I'm now at a point where I get to re- like get to see them experiencing things for the very first time. And I think to myself, as much as when you're a kid, you want to be grown up, and then when you're you know in college, you're like, oh, I can't wait to just not have to work anymore. And everyone tells you college is gonna be the most fun you ever have, and probably they were right. If you had a five year period that you could relive, and maybe even Benjamin Button style. Like relive it over and over and over again, or oh, maybe, just that same five years? Do may, I get to date yeah. the same people? Yeah, well, just like that that chunk of life. Do you what? Do you believe that the best chunk of life? Because sometimes old people like to say things like, "Ah, the best is still ahead," and I'm like, "No way! No <laughs> you can't way! Even the, walk! No way! The best is yeah, I know. It's the like, best is still ahead. I just I helped you open a can of pickles, right. or a jar of pickles. Well, my grandmother. I mean, she lived to be 94, and she, I think, for like starting at the age of 87, she was like, "Any time now." Take me. She, yeah, she yeah. was like, I'm amazed that I've lived this long. Right, so I think she we was, could all agree it's not going to be at the end end. Those would not be the years you would... But then again, no, but there's something kind of... Sw- like, if you can be one of those old people, because like, I, I look at like my in-laws and my father-in-law, the guy, like, his days are like sleeping in, going golfing, eating deli. Yeah, I mean, retirement is, is a beautiful thing if retirement, you have... Yeah, you've already kind of... You don't have those like financial so that's worries. The, yes, that's my that's my next question is, like, my my first reaction would be... Probably 20, 25 to 30 would be what I would want to relive. But for a lot of that, I was real broke. Do I get to live my my 25 to 30 with the same income that I had before? Or do I get to take my money 
the little bit more money that I have now and take it with me to those younger years. The fact that you have more money now than <laughs> at any other point in your life is truly shocking. When I was 25 and working at the American Girl oh, Cafe, yeah. I was not really making the big bucks that yeah. I'm making now. Yeah, apparently, uh, inanimate dolls don't tip well. Uh, that was one of Allie's many, one of Allie's many jobs is that she had to serve imaginary tea to girls and yeah. their dolls. In, or, case, in case you're bitter about whatever you do for a living or maybe you're stuck in the car now. Yeah, or just, work. I'll send just, you my resume. You'll feel keep, better. Keep in mind that you've probably <laughs> never had to serve uh, drinks to dolls and, and have dolls complain that the drinks were too hot or they cold. They didn't complain. Well, they, they the were. little girls that own the stupid dolls complain. Regardless, that's an, that's a very, uh, that, okay. that is one of those jobs like, I, I feel like working at Hooters would have been a step up from that because at least you're dealing with I'm above that. Well, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think you should I don't look serve down. gross men. I serve nine-year-old fake dolls. I would like to find, is, are Hooters still open? Because if they are, I'd like to find a Hooters waitress and put her up against Allie, the American Girl Dolls waitress, <laughs> to see who, who would actually pa- do better on a waitress test. Oh, At least well, they of course serve... she's going to do better financially because the guys are tipping based on boobs. Well, you don't know that necessarily. Uh, uh, maybe about... the American Girls Dolls are also doing that? Yeah, is maybe. that what you're saying? You, know, you would think uh, as a lesbian... <laughs> Buy yourself some nights, honey. You would, you, would think, you would think you would enjoy uh, a Hooters experience as a lesbian lady. You've never been to a Hooters? I've been to a Hooters, yeah. And Did I got like pissed it? because no, because she didn't. They didn't pay any attention to us. Oh, because they're like, oh hi, girl. What kind of wings do you want? Do you want the crappy wings or the less crappy wings? And well, then they move on to the guys, and then they're like, hi, honey. Ooh, this is so buffalo spicy. I've only been to Hooters maybe five times, and three of those times you had a Hooters like like a rewards card in your wallet. Well, they did. <laughs> okay, first of all, that is a fair statement. <laughs> We're getting off subject, it was not but that a, is it was a, not a rewards card. It was a VIP it was a frequent it was Hooters. A v, no, thing. it was not frequent. They they gave me a VIP membership <laughs> so that I would go more, but I didn't use it very Why often. Did they I was like a at some radio station I worked at. I want to say they were a spot, a client, or whatever. Or the radio station was so cheap that they gave me one year my Christmas bonus was they just gave me like a gift card to Hooters, but it was like a. Regardless, long story short, I didn't go very often, but I know three of the five times I did go, they gave me a male waiter because uh, when I was a teenager, when that was actually was that the exciting, VIP experience, that was not the VIP. Yeah, the P stood for penis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I don't really like. I'm not going to go to a restaurant for a good look at breasts. Those don't really excite me as much as butts do. I would go to Booters. Oh, Booters is not a real restaurant, unfortunately. <laughs> but if it is, it should serve Mexican food. I think we can all agree. Okay, but back to the point. The point is, you get a five-year span of your life. And, and, and so, I know and yeah. you're only in your mid-30s now. So look, you don't know. Maybe 40 to 45 is great to you. Maybe your fifth, mid-50s are great. I think every chunk of life, every five-year span of life, you you have challenges. You have uh, things about the, that, that span that are great. I think I have the correct answer, but I'll let you answer first. Okay. If I was going to go back and do it all again, I would do the first five years after I got out of college because i that's the part in my life that I would want a little bit of a do-over. Not that I regret the way that my life turned out necessarily, but those were four, five crucial years that I think I was really enjoying myself. I was dating a lot. I had a bunch of different jobs, but I think if I had those to do over with the knowledge that I have now, that's what I would want to go back in time and and and. And repeat. So you're not repeating any of the years that you were with men. You, you've completely expunged that part of your history. No, this is actually the five-year period between the men and my wife. Okay, the good times. 
<laughs> the good single, no strings attached, sex with random. Yeah, I was living years. in New York. I was I was poor, and I but I was scrappy and passionate, and I had you know I I had girls that I was with, and I mean I I had a lot of life experiences. It was like the world was my oyster. I think the correct answer, and I feel guilty saying this because it doesn't really involve my five year chunk does not involve my wife or my kids either. <laughs> And what I does think this that, say about us? I, I don't know, but it's an interesting way to self-reflect what, and self-evaluate. And you can do it as well. What's yours? High school? I think no. I think 10? I take. I think I take um, the last two years of college, and the first three years out of college. I think that you get ah. a little bit of the the glory of the fun. You know, you get you get the fun. It comes with a little bit of work, but very little bit. But you get that world, which is unlike any other world. And then you you're exactly right. Those three years, that jet chunk of time afterwards, like anything's possible. Mm-hmm. The responsibilities feel like they're annoying, but also you, you don't really have the response. I mean, of course, looking back now, you look like you, you go. There was no responsibilities. Like I don't know. I mean, I know I had bills then, but I didn't really think about them. Like, no. I, like, I know I was paying bills, but it didn't seem... I don't I know how my lights with, were on in my apartment I was also living with, time. like, roommates and stuff, so there, there was parts about it that were not as great, but I think that half of that period of time, so yeah, I'm thinking, like, you know, from 20 to 25. I think that's the chunk. Yeah, I but then why, the why would you do two years of college? I would do the last year of college when you're really not trying... When most of your other stuff is already set up, like where you're going to live and things like that, you've completely checked out of school and the world is also your oyster. And then four years afterwards, why would you go through half of college over again? I, I think that uh, there were so many good times. Just that, partying that, aspect? That, yeah, or, that happened there. Yeah. That, that would be. And, and also people are just, I think in general, the people you come in contact with on a regular basis, uh, the people you, you come in contact with daily there everyone's in a different mentality and the thing i never understood when i was in college right there was people would be like hey let's leave camp- let's leave this five mile area around campus and let's go to like a, a real bar and i was always like we have the rest of our lives for that there's something great about the idea that everyone's in this thing together it I, is a, yeah i it like is, that like uh that that closed the containment yeah, yeah that, it, it was good yes and i think that it is similar to like I mean, minus the drinking and stuff. It's similar to rehab, where it's this time where you are in an enclosed area. Most of the time, you're in a, a situation where you're in a dorm or you're with roommates, but all of that stuff is being taken care of. You don't have to worry about your electric bills and all that stuff. So the regular life things are not things you have to worry about. And then also, you have the social aspect, and you have this. this there's no pressure. It's basically just focus on yourself, focus on your future, focus on your lovely relationships, and that's when a lot of the stress of life is not there and that's why staying in school or rehab is beautiful very few people could take my bar analogy and also say it's also a lot like rehab the exact opposite of going to a bar but i know Allie, but Allie the, able to do that it's true well think about it uh not that it would ever happen but uh, who knows maybe uh, we're at that place where you have the ability to take your brain after you're no longer there and, and replant it in a certain part of your life with memories and uh it's always interesting to figure out uh you can always give us your thoughts on the twitter at DTS for Drop the Subject Show. It's DTS Show on Twitter, Instagram. Find us there. We are Channel Q. We'll be back in a moment. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. Drop the Subject. Yeah, the all-new Channel Q. Drop the Subject. Allie right there. Kevin right here. And ever since... 
uh, this new year began, be it resolutions or uh, the success of people trying to figure out if things bring them joy. It seems like the whole world has gone mad with trying to organize at home. But we needed to get some experts on. In a moment, we're going to welcome Clea and Joanna to the show from The Home Edit. It's a company that focuses on organization and organizing your life. Ali, what percentage of your day now are you spending with your quest to organize every square inch of where you live? Oh, I already have organized every square inch. But now gotta... I'm dealing with the fact that I don't have any more um, items in my house. Yeah, well, that's, that's <laughs> you, the problem. Did you throw everything out? Yes, uh, I, threw, I, I threw everything out. Well, especially clothes was the first thing I did because I did do the whole Marie Kondo tidying up method but because I was one of the many people who binge watched that show at the beginning of the year. And I the first thing I did was throw away a bunch of my clothes. And now that the seasons are now that it's getting a little warmer, I'm going, oh, I only have like two tank tops and a pair of shorts and I'm getting a little worried. Now I'm going to have to start buying new things and I hope they bring me right. joy. But I, I guess this this happens a lot. Yes, you just have yeah. to be really judicious when you're buying new things. Like think about the purchase and, you know, now you have the opportunity to do that. You know, you have the space. So just think about your purchases carefully. Right. And how much they're bringing you joy as they enter into the house so that they don't not bring you joy very shortly after. So do you subscribe yeah. to the same method as Marie Kondo does in, in the sense that you want something to bring you joy and that's what the determining factor is for keeping it or throwing it out? I think that... Uh, I think that there's a piece of that that we absolutely follow and it resonates, meaning you should love all the things that you have. We give a little bit more leeway than Marie Kondo gives um, with that, you know, methodology. We also believe that if, if you like something, you should keep it. If you need something, you should keep it. And if something's sentimental and you just love it, even though you're not going to use it, you should keep it. So we kind of move things into a few different buckets. Um, you know, we, we definitely allow people to keep a little bit more than Marie Kondo does. Um, I always laugh at Mindy Kaling in her show. She said that she threw out, she threw out all of her vegetables and electric bills <laughs> and it's like, you know, you do need to keep some things. Uh, there are just some things that serve a utility and a purpose. So, um, but yeah, I mean, you should. Well, right, Clea, you have, like your social security card. Clea once threw out her I, social security card. I did. I threw mm. out my social security card. <laughs> Not because it didn't bring me joy, but because I don't like paper. And I think I just saw like a piece of blue paper and threw it out. It was an accident. I mean, I, I regret the decision. Well, if but, we're talking about what yeah, brings you joy, I would rather just have somebody else's social security card card that's much more successful and wealthy than I am. Yeah, right. I'm just idea. looking to move up. I'm looking to replace it. Uh, the Home Edit is a, a, a company that uh, is, is a service that has sent people to lots of people's homes before to actually help go through the process of getting their lives organized. And there's now a book. It is a guide for organizing and realizing your house goals. And I think that once you can feel organized at home and decluttered there, then potentially your mind feels a little bit more decluttered. Your life gets a little bit more on track. Uh, I know I'm in a situation now. I got a couple of newborn kids running around and everything just seems so much more chaotic. It seems almost like an impossible task. And so if someone's listening and they're like, what's the point of even getting organized right now? Because it's never going to stay that way. It seems like an impossibility. What would you two experts say as, as far as uh, you know uh, that kind of naysayer mentality going into this process? We love a naysayer because we're ready to go. go oh, then you'll love Kevin. Yeah, you come to the right show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, we love proving people wrong, so we're, we're uh, all there for it. But, you know, I think that it's all about a little bit of work at the beginning and then long-term maintenance. 
You know, if you set up the systems, they're easy to maintain. And one of the one of the ways we kind of differ from Marie Kondo's approach, it, it's not so much that we differ, but we kind of pick up where she leaves off. You know, you get rid of everything, but then like, what do you do with the things that you still own? And we are about like setting up systems and actually allowing for that follow through. So, you know, an organized space will stay organized. Do you have to maintain it? Yeah, but it's not really hard once you just put in that beginning work. You know, if you have a bin that's labeled, you know, breakfast, you know where the items go. Like, you're not going to just put it in with the chips in the snack bin. I mean, like, what kind of psychopath would do that? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you have to put it, obviously, in the right bin. So, you know, it's, it's all about just maintaining the systems that you set up, and then it's pretty easy. I know. Right? Setting up systems that work for your family. You know, you don't need to get so hyper-focused and hyper-detailed with each little bin or if that's not how you want to work. You have to be very honest with yourself with what what you're able to keep up with so that you can. Right. Well, what would you say the success rate is? Because I know you on your website, you say you will organize anything. You guys will come in and organize anything. But what is the success rate as far as people actually maintaining those things? Are there some houses you walk into where you're like, this person is a hoarder. They're never like, I'm going to organize all this stuff and it's just going to be back here next week. Does that happen a lot? No, actually, it does not, which is honestly, we're shocked too. Okay. Like, maybe they just don't want to see us again, Clea. Maybe they're like, yeah, they're all like, my oh, dead cats are organized now. This is great. <laughs> no, we are, we are very nosy. So whenever we come back to a client's house, we like push them out of the way to go like review their spaces. And the truth is, almost all of them stay organized. Are they Instagram photo worthy in that moment? No, you would want to judge it. You know, you'd want to like line things up and make sure everything's neatly stacked. But that's just for a photo. Like, are they, if you walked into a space that we had organized a year later, you would be like, wow, this is still great. You know, I mean, not everything is meant for like a picture perfect photo in a moment. You know, that sure, we all would need to kind of, you know, spruce up anything for that. But does it look fantastic? And is it still, like sorted by systems and organized yes my big, yeah it's it just it go really ahead. is it's incredible my biggest fear with having uh, professional home organizers coming in which is why maybe having the book is, is a better alternative is that you would then come across things and then make judgment calls based on I'm sure you've come across a lot of things you've found uh, I'm sure a variety oh, yeah. of strange items in drawers or hiding places and uh, and as a result you either have the uncomfortable exchange with the uh, person <laughs> who hired you or you have to uh, quickly uh, just or- right, throw out three crack pipes just find your favorite two <laughs> organize them by size or or something, but what uh, what are some of the things you have come across? I mean, I don't think you have doctor uh, patient privileges, right? You can tell us. No, well, I mean, I will tell you that first of all, we've come across so many things that we're kind of immune to it. So uh, you know, there's no judgment. There's no judgment that comes out of it because we've truly seen everything under the sun. Um, but the worst we got about it. You know, Clea, one of the worst is like mouse poop. Because then it's like you tell the client that there might be a mouse, like, or oh. is it an old mouse? Or like, you know, is it a, is it a previous problem that hasn't, you know, I, sometimes I think those are kind of the worst situations. Yeah, I feel like mouse poop is always a bummer because then you're also <laughs> like, I've just been like, 
playing with things that have mouse poop all over it. So that's mm-hmm. always gross. And then you have to have the conversation with the client that makes it almost like if by you telling them, you feel like you have to tell them from like right. a public service announcement. But it's also like basically <laughs> saying that their place is disgusting and should be condemned. Yeah. So it's like a weird balance. Right. Um, like, I found your sex toy collection find... is covered in mouse poop. Yeah, nothing worse than that. Yeah, well, that's that's really the worst case scenario. Um, that's like a whole other conversation that we need to have. Sometimes when you find a sex toy, you just... It, it, the biggest conundrum is, do you organize it? Which, <laughs> in which case, the client will know that you dealt with it. Mm-hmm. Or do you pretend you didn't see it and then don't deal with it? And then are they going to be like, why didn't they organize my sex toys? So th- it's like this weird balance where you're like, am I supposed to be seeing this? Did they leave this here for me to like organize? Or like, should I avoid my eyes? I would so, just, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, giving them, yeah. I would just give them props for having enough sex toys to warrant it needing organization. <laughs> I mean, to well, have that many. You know, and half the time, like, we don't know, like, is it like, you know, a clairsonic face tool? Like, we don't know. And like, that's a whole other issue. And it becomes just like a, you know, it's a snowball effect. When you when you get into people's drawers, it's just like, oh, man. You know, we used to have a rule um, when Joanna and I first started, whoever found the sex toy gets free lunch that day. Oh, so we, we, we kind of gave that up at one point. It was just like too too many. <laughs> too yeah. many to, I guess, to warrant free lunch. I guess you can learn that your uh, sex toy is too powerful when the uh, home edit people put it with the blenders in the kitchen. And you're like, <laughs> the well, power yeah. tools. Yeah, yeah. This right. is out of when it's in an immersion blender, yeah, yeah. That's, that means it's too big. Yeah, those do yeah. look sex toys. What is, uh, obviously someone can go out and get the book, learn a lot of tips, learn about kind of some of your methods, and I have, uh, I have seen some of the befores and afters. It's truly remarkable, and to think that you started this, I guess it was the two of you uh, and now that you have teams in various cities and uh, I think you're in New York and in Nashville and Los Angeles I believe right uh, and and as yeah. a result um, now anyone anywhere can kind of use learn from you by, by seeing the book that we're talking about right now but what is like a tip that you would give out to someone on the radio that was like if you're gonna just do one thing to get started or, or oh that's our favorite question pick a room a, or a well, drawer how would you say tell someone to even get started? i think it's addicting a little bit and i think if someone can get started then totally. maybe they start kind of as yes. you said snowball effect we say start with start as small as you can and that's usually like a junk drawer you don't want to bite off more than you can chew because otherwise you get paralyzed. It's so easy to get paralyzed if you're not used to it. And then you just, you're like, forget it. It's like you blew the diet. You're just like, fine, I'll just eat the whole bag of chips. You just like throw everything back into wherever you took it out. But if you start small with just a junk drawer, you can kind of get your feet wet and get your footing and get confidence in that, in the afterglow of doing that and in like how to make it all come together too. I think that by by organizing a drawer or like a single contained space, like Joanna said, you can find your footing. But the the steps and the process for a single drawer is the same as it is for the entire room or closet or pantry or whatever it is. So if you can if you can figure out the drawer, then you can use that information to really apply to any space. It's just more things and a bigger space. So you kind of want to see the process through from A to Z first, and then you know you're motivated. You are so proud of yourself you know you look at that drawer and you with pride and you know you can apply it to to other spaces and i think it's helpful if people dive in and start too big um then yeah you're shaking in a corner in like a fetal position (laughs) and like you're you're basically just pulling everything out and you don't know what to do with it it's just too much it's overwhelming and so you end up throwing it right back in 
Have you felt the, the uh, I mean, I don't want to use the word jealousy at all, but I think when, when Marie Kondo's show came out and everyone was getting crazy behind it, were you a little bit like, well, we've been doing this for years and we have our own system and I want people to know about our system and apply it to their own lives as well and get in on the mix? I think that there's an element of... Um, us feeling like we needed to differentiate ourselves because we were all, we were like grouped in the same thing. And the truth is she is really like a guru. You know, she is like a spiritual like journey with getting rid of your things. And we are far from a spiritual journey into anything. So, you know, we are, we are not a guru. Um, And she, you know, she has a very different approach and I think she gets lumped in as like, the the head of like the organizing movement but she's not really about organizing she's really about purging and decluttering and i think that that's a huge piece of our process too i mean we put edit in our name because we believe in it so strongly but there's this whole other aftermath that happens that that we do really well and so i wouldn't say it's jealousy i would say it's more like we needed all of a sudden we needed to like educate people that what we do is different you know, and right. um, and I think that it just became like Marie Kondoing and the Kondo effect and all these things. And it's like all those things are, are very true. But what we do is is also different. So, you know, it, I mean, call it what you will. But well. <laughs> we, put, we felt the need to, have to define ourselves more, I guess, right. is what we can say. But we also are really thrilled to be able to follow in her footsteps. You know, I mean, her book was a huge success for years and now yeah. people, I mean she's you know she paved the way you know in the, the organizing community yeah. yeah in the organizing community her book it has been super impactful for years now people all over the place know who she is because of her show but you know we've we've known her forever so you know it's it's been very much a, a complimentary situation all all of the time and now all of a sudden of course it comes up in every interview or you know just with our clients or even just friends people on the street they all want to talk about it because they want to know how it feels um and and if we've seen kind of a surge or an effect from that and we totally have i mean we're super grateful i'm just but glad we also now feel like we need to explain it i'm just glad you guys didn't try to do this interview with a japanese accent because i would have said you've gone too far now <laughs> or gone. a translator right. yeah. uh the home edit we, we have translators now yeah, yeah exactly Exactly. The, ho- the home edit is now available in book form. Uh, it's uh, it's pretty great from what I've seen. Pictures, processes, etc. If you want to get yourself organized, uh, Clea, Joanna, thank you so much for talking with us today here on Drop the Subject: The Guide to Organizing and Realizing Your House Goals. As uh, people still potentially going, well, now we're a few months into the new year, and one of my goals was to get organized, stay organized. I have not done a good job of doing that. Uh, this is perhaps <laughs> a good place to begin. And uh, thank you very much. Congrats on all that you've done. Of course, uh, your website that you can give out as well for people that may be in one of the cities where you have teams that will go out and organize all that mouse poop is? <laughs> the home edit.com and our Instagram is at the home edit. Thanks for joining us on uh, Channel Q. Much appreciated. Best of luck for everything moving forward. Thank you. Thank you so, Thank you so much. much. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. 
Channel Q. It's a show called Drop the Subject. That is Allie. My name is Kevin. Thanks for being with us. Welcome all new listeners to the all new Channel Q. Don't feel bad. You're not that far behind. You are in the party on the ground floor. And I know that when people talk about parties, they definitely like to use office building analogies. Nothing <laughs> says party more than office building. Uh, that, of course, is um, Allie Johnson. Find her on the socials at your Allie Johnson. Find me at the Kevin Klein. Find us at uh, DTS Show for Drop the Subject. You can call us anytime about anything. 833-77-CALL-Q. That's the phone number. Once again, 833-77-CALL-Q. Uh, we will do some interacting coming up a little bit later, uh, either this hour or we will save it for tomorrow's show. we got some good things planned as well. Yeah. Kevin, have you seen those? Uh, I feel like I've seen a lot of these lately where it's like somebody's car is wrapped in some kind of a, a an ad paper, you know, where it's like, get go to this insurance company, or they have like a full-on display, like an actual sign display on top of their car, where you can tell the person just has like a Kia or something, but they got paid to advertise. Well, I see you saying cars that are fully wrapped, that, that are ads, right? Like like radio Yeah, station. but they're not associated with the company. Like, it was well, obviously just an individual who's getting money to put an ad on their car. You, see, I don't know. It's hard for me to tell if it's an individual or if it's a legitimate company and that's their company car. I know a lot of people, if they run a business or own a business, whatever, one of the greatest ways that they can have their car as a business expense is by making the car like a, 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 a basically a moving billboard, right? Like I had a buddy that just put a magnet on his car that said like mobile notary because the idea was uh, he wanted to uh, be able to write off that car as if it was a business expense. So he put a magnet on the door that said, like, get stuff notarized with mobile notary. And I was like, do you do mobile notary? He's like, no, but I can write my car off as a business expense. Wait, so he just says that it's mobile. He just made that up, mobile notary? Yeah, he doesn't actually do it. (laughs) I mean, this is years ago. So if somebody walks up to him in a parking lot and they're like, hey, can you notarize this? He'd be like, no, get the F out of here. Thank God you're here. I need (laughs) something notarized. He would say, I just used the magnet so that I can... But if uh, I advertise, like, Channel Q on my car, I can't write off my car, right? I'm just um, promoting my own... That's a question for a tax uh, CPA, probably. You're I don't not know. a CPA? No, I'm not a CPA. I see. I, uh, I am not. I'm not anything <laughs> close to it. I, I do know that one time I had a guy that dr- that was uh, bringing me food, like a Postmates guy, and his car was completely wrapped for, I think it was a... I, 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 it was in Spanish, so I don't know. I think it was may have been insurance or like a lawyer, like a slip and fall sort of lawyer thing, but it was all in Spanish. But his whole car was wrapped in that. And I did think about, could this one guy from his one car be running like nine businesses in the sense, could he be driving Uber, Lyft, right. delivering food, also Delivering ugly produce. Ugly produce <laughs> and selling and, and renting out the exterior of his car, right, for... Whatever yeah, your car is your office completely. So, so the answer is yeah. I guess people do get paid for. It. I don't know well, because there's a, somebody at my that is at my building. I see her car parked there every single day. She goes in. You know, I, I see her coming and going, and she doesn't. I know she doesn't work for this company, but it's a like a magnet on her car that's advertising some kind of credit union. And I think she's just getting paid to put a magnet on her car. And I thought to myself. How much money would I need for that to be worth it? $5. But that's not worth it to me because then if if like if it's a if magnet, I'm, it, I'm judging that lady 
for putting a magnet on her car and being like just for five bucks. She's probably she's judging you for pimping out her for, car. She's judging you for not having a magnet on your yeah, car. Yeah, but the, I mean, this service is available. Anybody can do it. But do you see it often? No, you don't. Because people, I think, are ashamed to say, I'm so hard up for cash that I'm going to take five or ten dollars just to pimp out my car and put a, a, a video screen on it or a magnet or a bumper sticker or a wrapping or whatever it is. Well, now we're talking different levels of stuff because now you're talking video screens on the car, which... I saw someone with that. It was a video, like a, an, an ad, sort of like you see on a cab, on the top of a cab, on her car, but a regular car. So what does the what does that pay? I'm sure we could look online and see what, that, what you could get paid for that. I've seen people that have their cars fully wrapped to promote uh, something, and I'm sure they get paid for that. Do you have any say over the product that you're advertising. That's the other right. thing. I mean, if I'm driving around with herpes medication all over the side of my car... <laughs> then uh, you want to get paid more for that. They probably have to pay you more. Well, also, is it if it's a magnet where you can kind of remove it as you need to, that's one thing. Because that's something I go, all right, you know what? If I'm sitting in traffic miles away from where I live and I've got my windows up and no one's really noticing it's just me. They just see that's a car that has an ad on it and I'm getting a couple of bucks for not really doing any additional work... I could see that as why would you not take that money? On the flip side, if it's like non-removable, like a giant, as you said, video board, or your whole car is wrapped and you're promoting whatever, I don't even know. Or if you're promoting a startup that's going to be dead in a year and then you're sitting there with a wrapped car. Right. Or like, you know, maybe it's a dating app and you find out it's like a a very erotic, you know, like let's say you're you're not an ally or a fan of the LGBT plus community and uh, and someone's like, look, here's the money. It's a grind. We're going to be wrapping your car grinder. Your car is going to be the grinder mobile, but it's going to pay you. Mobile meetups. People can have sex in the back of your car that they meet on grinder. I would assume the person that is driving that grinder car is probably getting hit on regularly by men, I would yeah. assume, right? But yeah, so if it, but on the flip side, if it is something that you want, that you are a fan of, that you endorse, maybe you are a gay guy who hooks up on Grinder all the time, and then you're getting paid extra to advertise, and then you get more hookups as a result. That's right. a good thing. That's a good thing. So uh, the answer to your I don't know what the amount would have to be. Like, to- what if, okay, if the, the woman that I saw on the freeway, she had it, like the video thing on top of her car, but it, you could tell it was removable. Like it wasn't fastened to her car. It was sort of like a ski mount or something mm-hmm. that you would strap onto your car. So you could technically change the image that's on it or take it off whenever you want. How much money, regardless of the product, would you like? How much would you? How much would they give you for, to, the, to make it worth it for you? Five hundred dollars. Um, are we talking about a month, a week? $500 a week. $500 a week to put herpes medication oh, on oh, no, top okay. of your car. Of course, you go so extreme so quickly. You don't give us any room to okay, negotiate. Okay, sorry, syphilis you, you, medication. Okay, fine. Let's start with syphilis. $500 a week, syphilis medication. Okay, we'll medica- just go Vagisil. Uh, I would take 500 a week, 2000 a month. That's is it, a lot. Is it a long term? Is it an annual? Is it like a two-week yeah, deal and it changes? You, or is it like you're going to be the Vagisil car? You're going to be the Vagisil Volvo for the next six months. The Volvo. The Vagisil Volvo. That's a great idea. We're coming up with so many I'm good gonna ideas. T- I'm going to say, let's say hypothetically, you're getting at least three months of vehicle advertising. So you'd get six grand to do that. I would do it. I would too. I'm looking at it right now. I'm on a, and I'm on a website called Carv, Carvertize. Advertise on your car. 
you got to unfortunately fill in a lot of information. I accidentally typed advertise on your cat, and I didn't get any. I'll res- do it. I didn't get any response. Vagisil. But I think that it says drive and earn. We wrap your car. We pay you every month through a direct deposit. So this is the way it would work, right? You you now have turned your car into a mobile billboard, and I don't know what you necessarily would get. All right, this person says, I receive emails offering to wrap my car and pay upwards of $400 per week. Whoa, so we were right on. So we're kind of spot on for what it would what it would pay, potentially, but a lot of that would determine on how, how many miles you drive, where you drive. Listen. I mean, I drive all the time, but I think it would also depend on what kind of car you have, because it can affect, if you have a really nice car, like an Audi or something, and you have an advertisement on that car, I feel like people are more likely to read the advertisement and actually take it to heart rather than seeing someone in like a, you know, a 82 Subaru that's breaking down or something like that, you know? An 82 Subaru is already advertising lesbians. I mean, you don't even need to wrap it, right? <laughs> no. Um, there's a Okay, now I'm looking at a different company. They say anywhere from a couple hundred dollars to a couple thousand dollars per ad campaign. So, I look, it's another way. As you know, no one, has, no one seems to have one job anymore. Everyone seems to have six jobs, and then they have a job on their way from job to job. And maybe that means turning your car into a billboard. I mean, if I'm sitting in traffic for two hours out of the day, why not make money while doing it? I think we're, we're living in an age where every spare ounce of space and every spare ounce of time needs to be capitalized on. If right. I have this extra room, I need to be renting it out on Airbnb. If I'm gone for a night, my entire house needs to be rented out. If I'm driving to work, I need to be able to make money. I'm going to I'm gonna lift pool. I'm going to take somebody with me and make money while I can. Everyone's just trying to make a buck any way they can. So I'm, I'm, I just don't think I've seen very much of this. I saw the lady doing it on the freeway. There's a lady doing it at my apartment. But I feel like if you can make good money doing this, why aren't we seeing more of it? I think it's because people feel shameful for doing it. But yet, you can rent out your car also in a day-to-day or hour-to-hour basis to strangers, right? That's the other thing you can do, right? You have a car. You don't feel like you want to drive around as a rideshare driver. The other opportunity is you can sign up for one of those apps where someone can basically rent your car for the day, right? Or rent your car for a couple of hours. Let's say, could you double dip and say, I'm going to rent out my car, but what the person's not going to realize who rented it is that they're going to be driving around in my car promoting Vagisil all day, uh, because that would be the sweetest way to do it, because then now you've found a way to double- Double your money double on one your car. Money, which is kind of a great way. I mean, look, we I don't know why we share so many of these great ideas on, on the air. I mean, we should be saving these for ourselves, but um, the, the amount, it would have to be- $500 a week minimum. Yeah. I think that's the starting number, and I would have to have some sort of say over the product. And would it be a, a ridiculously obnoxious wrapping job where it would be like, you know, bald eagles and fireworks and, and, right. and or would it be something that was a little bit more subtle where someone's like, oh, that guy just likes flowers. Well, He's got I a guess, whole floral thing on his yeah. car. Yeah. I, I mean, looking at this website, Carvertize, that you mentioned, I think you do have to put in information about yourself, and then they're supposed to find like a good fit for you like there's a lady standing in front of this Prius that says city fitness and she is very fit Mm-hmm. You're probably not, if there's some 500-pound guy signs up for this, they're not going to be like, City Fitness, that's the one for you. But and look, then this guy gets out of the grocery store parking lot, 
you know. I wonder if you get. I wonder if you potentially lose your gig if, like, for instance, let's say I'm driving around the city fitness car, but it's constantly parked in front of, uh, you know, in and out burger. Yeah, like, I'm, yeah, I'm just constantly eating fast food all the time. Would they be? I would argue that's a great way to get some attention. Right. That could be the kind of thing someone snaps a picture of it. They're like, yeah, oh, look at the city fitness guys. They're getting fast food again. It's constantly in the drive-through <laughs> fast food. That's something that I think would get attention. But once again, I don't know what the the rules are. Like, you know, you have these morality clauses if you're going to be a professional athlete. I think I'm sure we have them here for this job. I didn't read the fine print, but you know, is there such a thing there as well, where if you're endorsing a product through your car being wrapped, and then you are doing something that clearly shows, you know, let's say you're advertising mm-hmm. some vegan restaurant, but your car's in front of a barbecue joint. Right, you know, or right I'm by the promoting s- my radio station, but listening to a podcast. Yeah, God I mean, forbid. That would be a disaster. By the way, you can get this show on podcasts as well. So <laughs> download, uh, drop the subject. Uh, you can search for it, drop the subject. I think they've, I know there were some issues last week where people wasn't coming up under the new name of the show. Hopefully that's been resolved at this point. Uh, that is Allie. My name is still Kevin, giving you great opportunities. And, and by the way, you can also advertise our show for free just by listening to it loudly and unrolling your windows, but you can find us pretty much anywhere on the radio.com app and uh, listen to the station, listen to the show. We'll be back in a moment. More Drop the Subject after this. Drop the Subject. We'll be right back. Drop the Subject. Drop the Subject. Wait, what? Yeah, that's right. We're still listening to Drop the Subject on the all-new Channel Q. Thanks for being with us. That is Allie. My name is Kevin. And you are you. Thanks for getting involved, joining us on the phones, on the socials. Hey, have you seen what we look like? Oh, probably not. Uh, keep it that way. Yeah, no, if you uh, if you want to keep it that way, that's probably a good move. But if you're if you're curious, and uh, you know what they say, curiosity killed the cat, right, Allie? No. You can My cats. find us on Allie's cats are unkillable. We've tried. You can find <laughs> us on the socials at DTS Show for drop the subject. Instagram and Twitter, of course, you can follow the station at We Are Channel Q. Anyway, thanks for being with us. Um, there is a, as you know, there's a robot takeover. It is taking over this country. It will take over thousands of jobs. I think they said something like up to 50% or 60% of all jobs currently being done by humans will be done by robots in the next five years. Even our jobs. Even these ones will be gone. Uh, I would imagine uh, Channel Q will very soon be run by all Channel robots. All, I don't know if they're going to be gay robots, because I don't <laughs> know if robots actually have sexual preferences, but my question for you is, you know, robot brothels, that's now a thing, right? You can go and you can have sex with a sex doll, and apparently they're not like the little $20 inflatable ones you would get at Spencer's Gifts, but like... There's more body parts attached to it. Well, they're really, they're really A, customizable, but B, they're really high tech, right? Like they, they, they are doubt, they're tens of thousands of dollars to make them, and my question is, not that you would ever do this... But would you ever do this? <laughs> uh, I've never been to a brothel and would never go to a brothel. The only thing that I ever did was go to like the red light district when I was in college and I went to Amsterdam. But um, if they had a robot brothel, if wait, I'm wait, going, wait, wait, whoa, don't skip past that part. Wait, what do you mean? You went to the red light district in Amsterdam? Yeah, and I saw the ladies all dancing in the window. Oh, but that was it. Yeah, I didn't oh, okay. go in because I, I, I don't think that they were interested. It was one of those situations where they were approaching all the men instead of me. And I was like, I got to work extra hard to make this happen. Even though I think that in general, they like to deal with women more than men because we're all a lot less pushy. And they're like, ah, it's just a relief. Like, what a relief. I can just deal with this woman, you not this just guy. Paid, I paid a couple of gilder to sit there and talk gossip for a little bit. Yeah. No, when we were in a, on our honeymoon, Katie and I tried to get a lap dance from a girl uh, at one of the 
you know, stripping bars and the the maitre d' lady would not let would not let us do it. Whoa. She but- said, no, we're, that girl's already taken. Like, and we were like, well, what about if, if we got one of the other girls? Like, we just wanted a lap dance. And she said, no. We should have done this show last week during International Women's Day. I'm glad we saved it for today. Uh, but now, Last week, I was talking about all the women doing amazing things in our country. And wait, now- so you are not opposed to it for a moral reason. You just... Uh, I, do, I don't think I would ever do the entire experience like a lap dance okay i'm fine with that um but i don't ever want to go through the whole okay i'm gonna get a sex worker and do this whole thing but i I, if it was a robot i would have a less of a problem with it because the robot doesn't have feelings well that's what you think although now i feel like don't you sometimes think like alexa is sometimes like angry or in a bad mood Uh, i think that sometimes she just doesn't understand me yeah, it's the problem with women. You know, right? I think that you. if we communicated a little more, we'd probably be in a better place. But I think that with r- robot brothels, the thing that concerns me about those is that are these robots being cleaned and maintained properly? Well, Am I but, going to have sloppy seconds from somebody else who walked in there and didn't clean up after themselves? Well, it won't be sloppy seconds. It'll be sloppy thousands, <laughs> which is really sloppy. But the, the I guess my question is, because they're, they're thinking... As a result of the advancements being made in robotics and especially in robots and sex as they pertain, people may experiment with other robots more than they would with other humans because like there's no you shame said, attacks. Right. There's, attacks, no, there's yeah. no shame and uh, and they could try things out without being judged. Do you think more people will potentially have gay experiences with Robots and does that even count as gay? Like if I was, if I told you I spent all weekend in a robot brothel with a male robot, I really wish that you said that to me at some point for real. What, what would you <laughs> say? Would that you day. say that means you're gay? That means you're bi curious? That means you're? Or would you say, well, it's a robot, it's not a human, so it doesn't really matter. You're, you're still well. It, you, change it depends on what the robot looks like. Does a robot have male? skin qualities like does it look is it formed to look like a human or does it just look like a robot well no i think they i think they all are formed to look like humans i think that's the idea okay well then yeah you're gay oh that would okay no i, I guess i would make you bi curious if or is well, it like i'll tell you what i did this weekend <laughs> i had sex with a male robot what'd you do <laughs> i was this was long long hypothetical but i didn't realize you were going to react that way so never mind well the other thing is that if you is it going to be like a massage scenario where if you choose a woman you're gonna have to wait for a long time but if you choose a man it's going to be like a zero wait time well i would imagine at the i've never been to a robot brothel i think there's one at least one in this country i know there's a lot of them popping up in europe but yes i would imagine the wait time for a robot brothel for for a female robot is probably much longer than there is for the the three (laughs) brand new never before been used male robots spanking new where you could go in and out Literally and figuratively, yeah. uh, and you could be like, hmm, "Well, it's not really what I'm into sexually, but hey, <laughs> there's no weight; it's brand new." Yeah, if you got like a discounted price, even you know, every once in a while you see someone driving like a mustard yellow car, and you're like, "Why did they get that one?" Like, you know what? There's probably a great deal at the dealership. Right? It's probably available. They say take it right now. We'll drop another four thousand off the price, and as a result, someone's driving around in a mustard yellow car <laughs> for the rest of their life. You know, I would say that if for me, if I was going to ever experiment with a dude again it would probably just be a robot dude well that's why i asked you specifically and i'm wondering and you can put yourself in this situation 
if this starts to take off, it's still really weird right now. I think people are still not exactly sure how to process it. But if it becomes a much more normal thing, where all of a sudden in every strip mall in every town, right next to the right dry, next to piercing pagoda, right next to the dry cleaner <laughs> and the piercing place and everything else, they're like, hey, it's a, it's it's the chain robot sex place, and no one's judging anyone because it's just our human needs, and as a result, there's no emotion attached. You go in, you take care of business. Do you think people will start doing, experimenting with things or, or types of experiences that they wouldn't even necessarily have? And does that mean that you are, as I said, gay, bi-curious, bisexual, pansexual, robosexual? I think that there, I think there is such a thing as robosexual, and I think there are people who will, when when robots become the norm, will exclusively date and be with robots. I think that's definitely going to happen. But I also think that you are correct. I think that people are going to be a little more open with what they do and who they do it with if it is in robot form because if I think about me going in there and saying okay if I don't have to wait as long for a man robot and it's cheaper and you know I've only got 10 minutes in between you know going to Claire's and going to Piercing Pagoda this I just get it done right I don't have the time and I wouldn't have to deal with the annoying, oh, yeah, I just slept with a lesbian thing that you'd usually get from a guy. Right. Wow. That's, it's, Unless it's the robot starts doing that. Well, which... because, I mean, if you think about a robot, right? A robot, the insides are identical, right? The insides of the man robot and the female robot are identical. The only thing, that, and, and really the outside Maybe not. Maybe the woman one has a robot womb. Well, that would be a lot of detail, a lot of unnecessary. Uh, she was way more expensive because we had to build a robo. We had to put robo ovaries in but, there. Uh, robo ovaries. <laughs> That's the name of the, ro- the female robot. Here's the thing: we have a lot of female robots available for sex work. There's a, a nine-month pregnant female robot. She's available right now, and uh, we call her robo ovary. Well, that's true, though. You could maybe if people have a fetish, there are people who have fetishes about having sex with pregnant women. So, yes. what if you got a pregnant robot? And and let me just take this a step further and say, if it's a robot, is it cheating? Let's start with that mm-hmm. right off the bat. If you found out that your no. wife was having, on a regular basis, you, you, you check the credit card statement, you're like, what is all this? What is this $10,000 charge for this robot? Hey, didn't we used to have a washing machine there? Why is it now a naked robot woman? Didn't we used to have $10,000? No. Would you think that was cheating, or would you say it's it's a it's cheating, but it's like cheating light, almost like it's like the Splenda of cheating? Yeah, I would say that it is like the Diet Coke of cheating. I think that... Obviously, if I found out that she was doing that and not telling me, that cheating to me signifies lying or doing something sexually without your partner because you're not getting what you you're not getting sexually satisfied or there's something missing in the relationship. So if she was doing that, I would consider it cheating, hmm. but I wouldn't be as mad as I would be if it was with a person because I'd be like, all right, this is obviously about us needing to step up our game sexually. Well, if you not, feel though. like you need to get better s- pleasure from a robot, then I need to we need to figure this out. But really, if you think about it, is it that much different than if she decides to self-pleasure when you're not around and she uses a robotic device for that? It's not that much different than that, right? No, I mean, it is different because of the robo-ovaries. 
Oh, that's why. The robo ovaries. <laughs> because it's now. not just an apparatus. It's a whole person attached to it. Well, I would argue it's just a bigger apparatus. But okay, to each their own. Uh, conversation. takes up more battery life. Conversation. Uh, do you have uh, 87 <laughs> AA batteries right now? Why? Uh, this, uh, I made a $10,000 investment, and I'll tell you, this thing does not hold a charge. Uh, well, anyway, it's something a conversation that needed to be had. I'm glad we could be at the uh, forefront of it. You just remember when the uh, robot brothels start popping up in your town? You heard about it first right here on the uh, all-new Channel Q, a show called Drop the subject, and I can tell by the looks that we're getting as people walk by, this is a subject that officially now needs to be dropped. Mm -hmm. Be back in a moment on the all-new Channel Q. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. (laughs) If you think the conversation stops just because we go into song or uh, commercials here on Channel Q, you are sorely mistaken. Allie and I just got into a heated discussion about what would happen if one of us decided to leave the show and would we replace the other one with a robot and I said no problem I'll take Robo Alley any day of the week and she was very hurt and I was I agreed with you uh, she, so anyway Alley will not be here uh, moving on moving moving on let's bring in uh, let's bring in Robo Overy Robo Overy you're taking over uh, this is insert the new, gay joke this is the all new channel Q uh, show called drop the subject and I know what you're thinking how can we possibly follow up our riveting discussion on uh, robo brothels and robo sexuals yeah we and, did not drop the subject no we did enough. not that's mm-hmm. actually true the subject is continuing and uh, someone pointed out, and it's a great question on the uh, socials, uh, would there be a robo-sexual pride parade? And the answer is yes, there would have to be. Oh, definitely. Probably the most It'd be hot- the best marching. Yeah, it would be the be- best floats, <laughs> I think. Completely uh, in time. Ever. All stainless steel, just rolling down the street. Anyway, uh, that is Allie. My name is Kevin, and we are uh, talking about some things. It's time for us to break down the movies that we forced each other to watch at the end of last week. If you remember, uh, all the way back to Thursday of last week, Allie said to me that I would watch a movie called... Um, if These Walls Could Talk to a sequel. The first one was all about abortion. Lucky for me, the second one was all about lesbians. I'll tell you about it in a moment. Allie was forced to watch a totally heterosexual film by the name of Entourage the Movie. I didn't realize this, but both of our films were produced by HBO Studios. <laughs> it's probably the only thing they have they in They have common. something for everyone, don't they? They really do. Uh, so uh, they run the gamut. It's time for Gay Straight Movie Reviews, the review portion. Here we go. All right. You made me watch Entourage. I have not seen one second of the show. I didn't know anything about the characters or their history with each other or anything. I just knew that Kevin Connolly was in it and that girls really like him. I'm not even into women or I'm not even into men. So there's double. There's really no reason for me to ever see this show or this film. Well, there was a surprise in there for you that I didn't tell you about ahead of time, but I knew you'd be excited. I was very thankful you threw me a bone, and the bone was Ronda Rousey. She had a cameo in the movie, which saved the entire film. As Allie, she... Allie calls her, Ronda Arouse Me. <laughs> and oh, that she does. She is not the best actress, I nope. will say. Nope. She doesn't have a lot of talent uh, behind the, uh, in front of the camera, but she is sexy and hot and I like seeing that and I like seeing her kick guys asses um, there's a lot of yachts in this movie a lot of really hot women a lot of really nice cars a lot of men with anger management issues Donnie Wahlberg is in it mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think that that's I mean if you're really all sitting in a room saying what is the straightest thing we could possibly come up with it would include a potpourri of all of those things and this movie definitely Delivered in that sense. I could understand that every man, every hetero man who is of, of the bro culture would have absolutely loved this movie. I'm going to assume, based on the 
sarcasm dripping from your tongue right now that you also love this movie and you're going to give it the ultimate score of five pizza slices. No, uh, that is not the case, Kevin. I did not enjoy the movie. Uh, I thought that the plot was very strange and not interesting and not relatable to me at all. Hold on, uh, hold on, hold on. You've never been invited to a uh, pool party on the rooftop of a uh, luxury condominium? Oh, you know what that was? No. Oh. Definitely never. Did you relate with it, the caterers in the movie and some of the party scenes? There was I did, of, yes. Okay, then I knew, yeah, exactly. Allie did a lot of time. The barbacks, so, all right. those people. So you understood all of the... <laughs> Ali, Ali actually related most with the uh, key grip in the movie. That, <laughs> the person that held the boom and mic. Even behind. the best boy. Oh, of course. Well, that's, you, are, you are my best boy. I didn't... <laughs> I did not like this film, uh, other than Ronda Rousey. That's, Ronda Rousey's the only reason I'm not giving it zero pizza slices. I'm going to give it one pizza slice. Oh, hold on. You didn't even mention Emily Rogaskowski. She looked great in it, and there was some female nudity. Even yeah, you but, had to appreciate the female nudity. I mean, I guess. I just don't like it when it's at the, like when men are enjoying it so much. It bothers me. I'd rather just enjoy it on my own terms. When it's like her obviously being sexy and everyone being like, yeah, it, it turns me off uh-huh. 100%. They cancel each other out. So I liked Ronda Rousey because she was in a position of power beating the crap out of the guys. Emily Rajaskowski, not so much. Also, I'm not a huge... I'm not, I don't consider her to be like the hottest chick ever, so... Got questionable taste at best. Uh, let me ask you, I know you're not giving it a great score, and I didn't think you would like Entourage the movie, which is why I forced you to watch it. I also knew that that was a movie when they were sitting around coming up with it, they didn't say, aha, you know who's going to love this movie? Lesbians. <laughs> But I do ask you this, would you, if you take into account the writing, the character development, the plot, do you go up from one pizza slice or do you go down to half no, a pizza slice? No, I would slice? go down. Oh, half. Definitely okay. go down. I mean, the plot, I think, was replaced by just the five of them walking down the street a lot. Yeah, they, they did like to do that they slow motion shot. They love walking down the street cool. together. Also driving in the convertible. All right, yeah. Allie gives Entourage the movie... One. One pizza slice. As a straight man, I probably give the movie roughly the same score, to be honest. <laughs> really? Yeah, I mean, I, look. I, it's like those Fast Furious movies, too. You're just kind of like, uh, this is what it yeah, is. It's, uh, if you're a straight guy, it's a good movie to have on in the background with the sound down while you're doing other things. <laughs> but that's pretty much it. I, on the other hand, got to watch a movie that I would not recommend leaving on in the background while you do other things. Um, it was called... If these walls could talk too, I thought it was a horror film at first. I was because the name reminded me of um, I don't know. I just thought it, to me the title sounded like it would be a horror movie. It was like when a stranger calls or something. It was. Uh, it was not that. It was actually the concept I found rather interesting. I will say that it was the same house, three lesbian couples that live there at different times in society. So the first couple was in the '60s, I think. Then there was a couple in the 70s, and then it was modern day, or modern day from when the movie was made, which was like early 2000s. Yeah, I don't right? know what's going on with this house. It, I yeah, think it, the walls could talk. They'd be like, can we get like one straight couple? Well, it's funny. I lived in a neighborhood um, that had a, that, I lived next door to a house that had the third lesbian couple in a row that lived there. So I felt like I've actually experienced this in my own life. The woman explained to me that the woman who lived in the house before her also uh, was married to a woman, and they had bought the house from a lesbian who lived there before, but was single because she was married to a man at one point, but then divorced him because she uh, moved out to be gay and live her gay lifestyle. Oh, classic lesbian drama. I love so it. I you should have written that movie. I live next door to this story, actually, a house that had been three generations of lesbian. You uh, live next. Do- you lived next door to the If These Walls Could Talk to house, basically. Yeah, I, it was really, and they, all the women had like very high power executive sorts of jobs, but it was... I was fascinated by that. So what was the movie version like? Well, the movie version 
was not the type of lesbianism that I'm into. <laughs> there was a lot of feminism undertones here and overtones and ovaries. Mm-hmm. I learned for the first time ever that Paul Giamatti is a lesbian. I didn't realize that. <laughs> Paul Giamatti had a, everyone in the movie was like a well-known lesbian, like Ellen, and I, I think a lot of them are not. Like Chloe Sevigny. Or I don't whatever. think she's gay. I just think she's weird. She plays a lesbian super she, convincingly. She plays lesbians a lot. I, she's probably not 100 percent straight. And this is also directed by Anne Heche. Yeah. So my theory on the film was, how did Ellen get a role in it? Jeez, sleeping with the director. You know what I'm saying? Um, my feeling on this was everyone in the movie that played lesbian that is not or does not identify as lesbian at least had lesbian um, activities to either prepare for the role or they had it in their own life because it was a very I was they very had con- lesbian activity I was very you know like uh, you know horseback Golf, riding okay. and you know golfing I all was, things I love yeah. I was completely convinced that every single person in this movie was a lesbian well then it was the house okay <laughs> It was very bulky, that house. Very, the house had shoulder pads. Very broad. <laughs> um, but you did you enjoy the plot? Did you enjoy the actual movie itself? Uh, to say, I did I enjoy it? I don't think I was their target demo. I didn't see the first movie. I don't know how much this played into If These Walls Could Talk one. I don't think it plays in at all, actually. Um, I, I was definitely less confused this week than I was last week when you made me watch a movie that was uh, in, in Hindi with no uh, subtitles. So yeah. I had no idea what they were saying. I, th- I was interested in the, in the generational concept, um, but there was not a lot of lesbian uh, sex. <laughs> In fact, if these walls could talk, they'd be like, this is kind of boring. I was going to say, even my walls were talking, saying, let's go, let's get to the good stuff. <laughs> uh, and there was not a lot of it. So I don't give it my lowest score ever, but it was not as good. You gave me at the very beginning, we first started doing gay straight movie reviews here on Channel Q. You gave me a great movie that I never would have seen on my own. And it was the one with the art uh, with Angelina Jolie. No, no. Oh, Gia. It, was that the art photographer one? Uh, yeah, the, well, the, uh, the one with the, the supermodel. Yeah, that's a good Give one. Give me more like that one. Okay. Because right. that one was hot, that hot, but also lesbian, les, les-tastic. This mm-hmm. one, I say was this is old school lesbian. les-mediocre, and um, if these walls could talk, they would say, this pizza, this movie gets one pizza slice oh. as well. So both of us give each other one pizza slice. This has been Gay Straight Movie Reviews. Uh, I guess, do we, do we assign each other new movies now? No, we do it on Thursday. Yep, we do it Thursday. All right, so later this week, we'll assign three each days other to think about it now. new movies. Always will take your suggestions. Hit us up on the socials at uh, DTS Show for Drop the Subject. We'll be back in a moment, wrap up the show, and uh, if you need to watch movies this weekend, or this upcoming week, I guess, um, I don't think either of us recommend the movies that we saw. No, 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 no. But uh, you can go ahead and watch 12 Angry Men from last week and and, uh, Straight, starring um, Pinu. (laughs) Starring Pinu. We'll be back after this on the all-new Channel Q. Drop the subject. We'll be right back. Drop the subject. We came, we saw, and we kind of conquered, at least temporarily. Uh, unfortunately, drop the subject now has to uh, go ahead and get out of here. Not because we want to, but because the next show is going to come in here, they're going to throw us out of here, and they got to play some Lady Gaga immediately, or people will stop listening to Channel Q. Lady Gaga, you say? <clears throat> Are oh, we going to no. sing our song? Oh, no. You want to do it? <laughs> no, no. Come I on. Think, I don't think we can do A that reprise? again. I don't, think, I don't think the station's ever recovered from the first time we did that. I really would love it if they just randomly played our version instead of the Lady Gaga 
What's his name version? I'd love to pretend that there was a lot of requests for that, but unfortunately, you're the only one. <laughs> it's just been Allie continuing to call Channel Q and saying, I want that song on. And if you would like to call and request our version of um, Shallow, 833-77-CALL-Q, you can ask for it by name. I want the Kevin and Allie version of a song that is uh, an Oscar-winning uh, song. Yes, please. Please As- request it, because if you continuously request, that's how radio stations work, okay? You request a song, and then you play it, and then you get all excited. All right, well, that's our time. You can find us on the socials at DT. Show. You can find Allie at your Allie Johnson. Find me at the Kevin Klein on the Instagram, on the Twitter. Thank you for your support. We return again tomorrow. Same gay time, same gay station. It's now officially time for us to drop the subject. Bye. Curious.